This is Right From The Deep. I'm Karen Ball. And I'm Erin Taylor-Young. And this is the podcast from writers for writers, answering the question, why am I doing this? Right. As writers, editors, and a former literary agent, we're in the deep with you, encouraging you and equipping you to find your truest story in the deep places. Get our show notes and more, including a free audio download on how to safeguard your writer's heart at writefromthedeep.com. So many things happening at Right From The Deep. Yes. First, thank you to all our patrons on Patreon. You guys, we love you. And (laughs) we're so thankful for you. You help make this podcast possible. And thanks so much to our January sponsor of the month, Priscilla Shero. Priscilla's working on a memoir, and I love this, called Bunked. Life, Love, and Laughter with Traumatic Brain Injury, which will release with Redemption Press. And one of the reasons I love this is I have had traumatic brain injury. So, and I, and Bonked just describes it perfectly. Yes. You can learn more about Priscilla at her website, PriscillaShero.com. P-R-I-S-C-I-L-L-A-S-H-A-R-R-O-W.com. And you can follow her blog for the TBI slash PTSD community. That's right. And it's my turn to share a wonder. And I just want to say we've we've just had Christmas, right? And that's a wonder in and of itself. But I am also thankful for the wonder of modern travel. (laughs) My sons do not live in the same house or same community or same state as I live. And it's just a delight that they can come and be home and we can be like this little nuclear family again um, for Christmas time. And it's just, it is such a blessing. And and I'm, I'm just thankful for the way God has allowed technology to go so far that there's planes that can take people across country and cars that can take them across roads. And to me, it is a wonder that God is so kind and good to us to create community in that way. Amen. And now, here's the the show. Welcome, listeners, to The Deep. We are excited that you are joining us today, and we're excited to be continuing our conversation with our guest, Shadia Hrishi, and plugging into the power of prayer teams. We're so excited, and we're diving in midstream, just like we do. So, um, Shadia, how often would you say that you do communicate with your prayer team? I'm sure it's probably individual for each person you know, each writer or will be, but what, what's been your experience? It's always been once a month. I don't really know why, you know, so sounded, sounded like a good plan. You know? <laughs> so, so we just started there and it's always been there. Originally, as I said, I was doing kind of in-person meetings as well as email because as the numbers grew, obviously I did, and the people were all over the country. Right. So, and so that's how it's been now. It's all been email for the last couple of years. Lately, I've been including short video messages because something was a little bit like, I really have to share this story, but I feel like I need to just say it, like instead of trying to write it out. And so you forget that personal connection, how much it means. And I got so many people responding like, I just love seeing your face and hearing the passion and the excitement of what it was that God was doing. How did you share that video? Was it like a link from YouTube or what what did you do to share that? Well, I put it in Vimeo and then I just... Put the, the, put the link in yeah. there. And, but you could 
probably do that from YouTube too. I would just, you know, and, and, but, and for me, my prayer team gets information about things that I don't make public. Not everything is made public. That's why they're on the prayer team. You know, these are things that I, I don't always share or I'm, I can't share yet, you know, things like that. Yeah. But now that we're kind of past most of this COVID stuff and I'm currently on a book deadline until January. And so starting at in January or February, I'll be doing one at home again, like just for the kind of the local friends who can come. So that'll be nice because one of the things that you had said, Karen, about when your team meets your gals, you know, the spirit is moving in the center of you and he's, he's speaking and he might say something through them. That's difficult to do through email correspondence. And for me, you know, I got a, I became a Christian as an adult. I was 30. I wasn't even raised in a church. I knew nothing. I mean, wh- how God called me to seminary, like, just makes me laugh. Like, really? You know, it's like, I know nothing. <laughs> Do you want to hear a funny story really fast? This I wasn't planning on sharing this, but when I went to seminary, I was walking through the break room and there was a little discussion going on among some students about Calvin. <laughs> You're wondering where he is in the Bible. <laughs> no, it's worse than that. <laughs> the only Calvin, and I knew they weren't talking about this Calvin, but the only Calvin I had ever heard of was the designer jeans. Oh, I thought you were going to say Calvin and Hobbes. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> well, too. Uh, but I'm like, I know they're not talking about the designer jeans, you know? So I'm like, wow, what am I doing here? You know, but yeah, just so funny. All right. Where was I going with that? Um, I forgot. That's so funny. About meeting you in person. You know what person. I love? But wait, oh. let me let me say what I love is that you went anyway. <laughs> you didn't let that intimidate oh. you. You were obedient. And I bet, you know, those people would have been gracious. Yeah, you, no, they definitely had you wanted to ask. But you know, I, how many people are like, I feel called to writing and I don't know how. You know, I mean, that's where we all start, right? But you weren't you weren't so intimidated that you didn't go. And after that Calvin conversation, you weren't so intimidated that you didn't go back. Yes. And I love that. Uh, I, I appreciate that. I mean, for me, I mean, I didn't realize it at the time when I began writing, just doing what most writers begin, most, not all, but Christian writers, nonfiction writers would typically do devotional blog, right? That's kind of how you get started. And I was just doing that naturally because I just felt like doing that. But the more I was doing it, the more I found myself holding back because I didn't know that God made me to be a teacher, like a teacher, mm-hmm. teacher, you know? And, um, and so I was like, well, what if I'm teaching wrong? What don't I know that I don't know? You know? So anyway, I ended up talking to my pastor and he was the one that recommended, um, he's like, I think, I think you you should definitely consider going to seminary. That's would be perfect for you. You know, like that's your call to teach and it'll give you the confidence to teach correctly. And I don't want to teach incorrectly. So, so I went, <laughs> you important. know, four years later and blood, sweat and tears. <laughs> yeah. So what do the meetings at your house look like? If there's writers out there who might want to invite people over, what, what would be sort of the format that you do that they might want to think about doing? Well, I mean, it's still also sort of an informal thing. I mean, most of the ones who do come to my house are generally people that I know well. You know what I mean? I, I usually don't have strangers showing. So like people that are on my, that live close by that I've known. And so it's not very different from any other prayer meeting. If I've already communicated the email with, a, you know, some prayers and praises, I'll, I'll have copies with me. Like here's the latest, you know, one. And so they can 
pray off of those things or celebrate with me those things, but but they don't have to. That's just there if they want that. So very informal. I mean, you know, I'll, I'll make, I'll make, you know, some decaf coffee if it's evening and put out the water and snacks, you know, kind of like thing. And we'll chit chat as well, because these, these are people that, that I love and they love me. And, but, but, and, and then we'll, we'll get to get to pray for an hour or whatever, you know, I mean, I mean, the whole time we're there is an hour, an hour and a half at the most, you know, so not, not very different, yeah. I think from an average prayer meeting. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's neat. Well, I almost hate to ask this, but we probably should. Have you ever needed to ask someone to leave your team? And I mean, would there be a reason for that to happen or what would be a reason that might happen? Thankfully, I've I've not had to take anyone out off of my prayer team, but I have had to take people off my email list. Generally, it would be like I, this. Actually, happened very recently. I was getting sort of this person that I, initially I was like, "Do they need my help?" Or like, or they, or, and but it was just very, very toxic communication that didn't go anywhere. Like a person that was not connected, and you know, and I, you know, I felt bad. But I'm not called to be a counselor. I'm not called to be. That's not my calling. And and they shouldn't, you know, reaching out to me with those issues is is not. The right connection. I'm not the right person to reach out if you need. Uh, and that happened several times. And I thought, I think this person's just confused and this is not where they need to be. Because I did respond once or twice with trying to be helpful. And I ended up just taking them off the list because there wasn't really, a, the, the intent was not to get help. The intent was just to be toxic <laughs> or yeah. confusing. You know, I felt like it was just something to trip me up or something. If it's an email list, I mean, that's easy. You just go in, delete, you know, if you have a prayer team, this person that for some reason they, you know, they were not who you thought they were or something and they're causing, you know, disruptions or so forth. If it's someone you know personally, I would probably reach out personally and try to have a conversation with them. I wouldn't do it by email. I would do it at a minimum a Zoom call or, you know, in person if you can. And um, I think it's just like any other kind of you know, relationship, a group dynamics. If there's one person that's disrupting the group in some form, they're not feeding into the group, but they're hindering the work of the group, whatever it is, you need to have the conversation. And if, if that doesn't work, you know, I mean, the Bible says, you know, bring another person along if that helps. And in, at the end of the day, you, it's your house and it's your email list. At some point that you just can't, they're just not invited. I mean, I, I don't know. The other situation could be a break of trust as well. Mm. You say that you share things there that don't get shared publicly. So yes. if you find out that someone has breached the confidentiality or the trust, then that's something that needs to be confronted and addressed. And, Absolutely. you know, you give an opportunity for them to reestablish trust if you feel that that's what God is leading to. But sometimes the enemy just brings people who seem on the surface perfectly suited and a great fit. And it just isn't because when they come in, they bring their own. We all do. We bring our own issues and our own struggles, our own weaknesses. And there are some that each one of us in the people that we meet, there are some things that just isn't iron sharpening iron. It's acid on mm. skin. You know? Oh, yeah. So yeah. Um, it, it needs to be addressed. In that context, you know, unless 
God is saying, no, don't say anything. But um, I've never experienced it when there was something that was damaging the group. I've never experienced that God has said, leave it alone. Either they have left or, mm-hmm. you know, I've had to confront. Yeah, sometimes oh, God, God will fix it for you. Yeah. <laughs> the person will, you know. Um, oh, look, she's moving to Outer Mongolia. So sad. <laughs> <laughs> You know, what? the thing that I love about this conversation still is that, circling back to something you said, Shadia, God was in the center. He was in the center of the relationship you developed with Francine and the relationship with you and your prayer team and the relationship with people who you just, you know, you just meet. And maybe they're not on your prayer team. That's fine, you know, but God is in the center. And that's the thing that, that we need to trust. He, he is always working. He's always Amen. working. And he's on our side. You know, he, 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 you know, prayer is important to him or it wouldn't be, you know, and on every page in the Bible almost. Yeah. You know, that's, that's a really important point. <laughs> <laughs> this is something we can pray that God will bring about because it, clearly this is having people pray for us is something he would absolutely want. So, yeah, we can trust him with that. We can we can put that over in his lap and be like, help me. I, I think one element <laughs> of this, too, is that if we go this route, if we try to establish a prayer group, we have to be willing to hear what they have to say to us. Mm-hmm. We have to be teachable. We have to be humble. We have to not get defensive. You know, if they come to us and say, you know, I just want to express a concern and I've prayed about this and I feel God wants me to bring it up. I can't say that I'm 100% always able to accept it when people say hard things to me, but it's happened often enough in my life because I tend to be a little bit of a rebel and I also tend to be a little bit of a Tasmanian devil that most people down without even realizing it. Um, and so those times when people have come to me and expressed those concerns, mm-hmm. unless they come in with an attitude of glee where they get to say this thing to me. Mm. But most of the time when people come <laughs> in, it's it's with fear and trembling, not of me, but of what God has asked them to do. People mm. in the church just don't do well with confrontation. They're yeah. They're afraid of it, and they're afraid that... People will think they're judging when when what they're doing is being obedient yeah. in speaking the truth to someone that God has given them to speak. So when that happens and knowing the cost to the person who's doing that out of obedience, we really need to listen and we really need to keep our mouths shut and take it in and then take it to prayer ourselves and even, you know, offer it to the prayer group and say, yeah. Please pray about this, and if God gives the amen to it, to it for you, please tell me that because I need to know what I need to do about this. Absolutely, and if we really do think about our prayer team, you know, I use the word foundation. It might be a different visual for somebody else, but you know, I think of it that way. You know, we don't want a foundation that's crumbling, right? You know, we want a foundation that's strong and firm and unified together. Right. Um, and so, you know, you know, the Bible says like, you know, I forgot, uh, I don't know, I don't remember the verse, but you know, uh, in the Proverbs where it says, you know, the wise leader has many counselors. Right. Well, in a sense, your prayer team, you know, they're listening from God, the counselor. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, it's pretty, um, 
you know, it's it's wise for us, uh, like you said, Karen, to 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 hear what they have to say, and and like you know, if there is, you know, confusion or doubt or whatever, bring it to the team, as you said. Um, but I love that because um, they, if we if we really do believe they are our support and foundation, we would want to hear what what God has given them to tell us. Yes. One of my biggest regrets when I, it was early when I had become a Christian in college and I was tasked with leading um, something in a, in the group. And I thought I knew the way to do it. And somebody older than me came to me and said, you know, I just, I, I think you need to think about this. And I didn't take it to heart. And I, I still remember that and I regret it. And now, you know, it, it's probably taken me a lot of years to, to re to undig that memory up, but he was right. What he was saying was right. And I wish that I would have had the, um, this, the openness to listen or to even know what to do with that. I, I wasn't very skilled, <laughs> you know, at, at, at this Christian thing. And I certainly wasn't super skilled at inner communication and, and interpersonal communication at the time, but that's not an excuse, you know, it's not. And um, so I wish that had gone differently. So there you go, everybody out there. <laughs> don't let that, don't let my story be yours. <laughs> I'll tell you something. Don and I have had a very difficult marriage, and we were in marriage counseling for 20 years, barely survived it. But if I've learned anything from 25 years of being in both marriage and individual counseling, it's how to deal with confrontation. You know, it's, it's how to be constructive when you're the one confronting, and it's how to listen when someone confronts you. Because people just aren't good at it, and people in the church, especially, like I said before, are not good at it, and they need to be, because we are called to some very difficult things. Yes. Because we are the church. We are one body, and we're we're not good at communicating like one big <laughs> team. So that that is an unfortunate thing. As we're coming to the end of our time here, um, Shadia, do you have any maybe final words of wisdom or encouragement about this or anything else you feel led to tell us? Um, well, I was just listening to what you were just sharing about the body, and I thought, you know, it's so true where, you know, we can have the disconnect, but, you know, because Christ is the head of the body, it's like, as is the, the more we individually and collectively seek him, go to him, try to do everything through his, you know, leading, um, the, the more united the body will become. And yes. that's Christ's heart. You know, I mean that, uh, you know, you, you read that in the new Testament, you know, especially Paul's writing is like unity is such a, is such a, a burden on God's heart, right. and so and I think prayer, you know, this whole topic of just prayer and prayer team is one of the ways that we, you know, we do stay connected. And as long as we're listening to Him, mm-hmm. honestly, the body will 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 work and come together. Amen. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I really love that. Okay, guys. So you've got your marching orders. Get out there and set up a prayer team. Yes, yes, you will not be disappointed, I promise. Yes. <laughs> That's our New Year's resolution for everybody. Well, not resolution. New Year's uh, thought of something to accomplish. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it'll only make you stronger. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. You can find previous episodes and more resources at rightfromthedeep.com. And I bet you know someone who needs this podcast, so please share it with them. 
So until next time, embrace the deep. Your writing and your life will never be the same. Thank you.